We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. Today is Tuesday, May 30th, 2023. Hope everyone had a safe and relaxing Memorial Day weekend. I am Keith Eister, Ice819, and filling in for Stevie again today. Still on his way back, guessing he's on his way back from Charlotte now. They did get the race in today, uh, but knew he wasn't going to quite make it back in time to record this one. Uh, So you get me again. Um, We have a nice big 13-game slate uh, here to break down for MLB. Alongside me to help me do that is Timothy Buell. Uh, you may know him as Tasteful Tides. Tim, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Keith. Yes, Stevie must be. Uh, he must be pretty exhausted. A lot of rain <laughs> delays. A lot of rain delays for that race. Um, I was I was registered for my contests on Saturday night and just finally uh, got to watch the race. I don't know, you know, late late uh, late Monday evening. So it was. Uh, it was a pretty good race, and I'm I'm glad Stevie. I, I always enjoy uh, watching his NASCAR breakdown show and his NASCAR by the numbers article that you can get on his NASCAR package. But yeah, that's uh, it's always uh, it's great to do a show with you, Keith. Yeah, you as well. Um, I hosted for the first time with Will yesterday. That went okay, so we've got a much bigger slate here today. Um, but yeah, I think think we're starting to get the hang of this. We should be okay without Stevie, but Stevie will be back uh, tomorrow. Um, yeah, I, I played a little bit in the race too. That that late uh, caution for Kyle Larson that knocked him out of the race was kind of the one that that hurt my day. But yeah, good race overall. It's a long race anyway, and then we we had the rain all weekend. So that that caution definitely saved, that caution saved me. Did it? It's, you yeah, were light on Larson. 
Uh, yeah, uh, that that nice. I was pretty much buried, and then that that uh, Larson uh, hiccup uh, brought me into the profit. So nice, that was, Con- that was good. congrats, yeah. man. Uh, yeah, I got pretty lucky. So. <laughs> All right, uh, we've also got Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals going on here as we're recording this. So apologies if we get distracted as this game comes down the stretch. Uh, there's a hockey game tonight. Is last I saw, Vegas was still in control of that one. Still the case. Uh, last I looked, but I hadn't looked for a while. I'm uh, I'm kind of uh, just assuming Vegas makes it, and then I'm just going to watch the Stanley Cup. So that's kind of where I'm at. There you go. Always good times. All right, like I said, 13 games. Let's go ahead and jump right in here. Um, first game on the slate, we've got the Cleveland Guardians visiting the Baltimore Orioles. Baltimore favored by one, uh, minus 140, eight and a half total in this game. We've got Cal Quantrill going for the Guardians. Uh, Kyle Gibson going for the Orioles. Um, let's go ahead and start on the Cleveland side here. Any interest in Cal Quantrill on this big slate? I mean, he's got a 12.8% K rate. He's probably one of the smallest K rates in all of baseball uh, in the amount of innings that he's pitched. Uh, I, I really have, I really have no interest. Uh, it's, it's a pretty, it's a really, really big slate. We're going to need a really big ceiling to have any kind of chance in tournaments. I, you know, his price is 6,200, which, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, it's pretty good, but I just don't see the upside. I see a lot of downside of this matchup. So I really just don't anticipate getting to any Quantrill. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. I'm, I'm out on Quantrill in this matchup. Like you said, big slate. I'm looking for a little bit more ceiling, even in the cheap range. I think you can find a better ceiling than Cal Quantrill, especially within a matchup with the Orioles who have been a pretty good offense. Kind of the same thing for me on the other side. Kyle Gibson, just a low K-rate pitcher, 16% on the season. Um, he's 7,500, so a touch more than Quantrill even. I'm not scared of this Cleveland offense, but even though there's no power in the order, they just don't strike out enough. So I, I kind of feel like Gibson doesn't quite have the ceiling I'm looking for on a big slate. How about you? Any, any interest for you and Gibson? Given that he's $1,300 more than Quantrill and he is marginally like better, um, I'd almost rather pitch Quantrill, uh, if, if I had to choose just cause of the savings, I really, I think this is going to be a really, really bad matchup for, this is a bad matchup for Gibson. Um, it's not really, this just isn't really a couple of pitchers that I want to have little, like any exposure to at all. So I think we can, I think we could skip the pitching. Yep. I'm with you on that for sure. Um, let's talk some bats in this game, Cleveland side, lots of contact, not a lot of power. Um, we interested in in stacking them up against Gibson here. Or are you passing on bats in this one too? Uh, I think we could always, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of J Ram. Uh, he hasn't really had quite the season that I mean he's he's had kind of a down year, but I you know it's still it's still technically May, right? I mean it's we still have a long ways to go for the season, and I think that you know a lot of these guys on big slates, I think just from a macro perspective, get kind of forgotten about. So like if you, when you see a team, Oh, I don't want to stack Cleveland. I don't blame you that if you don't want to stack Cleveland, but I think that getting to some of these like high end one-off guys like J Ram's going to be very, very low owned. Um, Ahmad Rosario, I think is an underrated asset. And I also think that Josh Naylor, like if you're looking like, we'll get to other better way better pitching options later in the show josh naylor you know he's a viable punt if you want to if you want to double pay it for pitching but for the for the most part cleveland would be a secondary stack 
Um, but I do like J-Ram as a one-off. I like the J-Ram call. Uh, power's been down a little bit this year, but still one of the best hitters in baseball. Um, you know he's going to make contact. Guy never strikes out. And and he's shown off power and speed in the past. So I think he's going to turn the season around a little bit as well. Like like the price is okay at 5200 um, I like the Naylor call. If, if you're looking for a cheap home run, you can certainly take some shots on him. Uh, and I agree with you. It's more of a mini stack for me than it is the full stack. They just, it's not an offense that has a ton of upside. I'm not scared of Gibson, but I just, Cleveland's not a team that I've, I've liked to stack much. They've been one of the worst teams in baseball uh, from a, a WOBA perspective and a WRC plus perspective against right-handed pitching. So I think you can take some shots. I agree with you. They're, they're low owned being the first game of the night. Um, probably more of a mini stack on the other side with Baltimore um, a little more ceiling on this side side of the game for me. Um, how are you feeling about Baltimore? So Cedric Mullins left Monday night's game with, I think some sort of a leg injury. And I think that that's very, very kind of, that's kind of important news. Um, I would really like to play him against Quantrill. I think that's, this is a, a matchup that he would really do quite well in. Doesn't sound I I kind of sounds like he might sit sit uh, on Tuesday, but uh, you know, Baltimore I think it's a really great stack. Um, Santander, uh, Rauschman, Mountcastle, um, even like Hayes if he if he's in the lineup replacing Mullen something like that. Um, they're kind of priced. I'd say they're priced appropriately. But I think, you know, I, I think that they're in a really, really great matchup against a pitcher that we know is going to give up a lot of contact. So this is this is not, you know, Quantrill has no swing and miss stuff. So I, I, I really I really like the Orioles, whether it be just getting some pieces here and there or as a full five man stack. Yeah, the, the full stack's definitely in play for me. Quantrill, like you said, he's just not going to miss many bats. He's a frustrating, frustrating guy to um, stack against at times because he he does induce quite a bit of soft contact. Um, he'll give up some hard contact too. Don't get me wrong, but it just seems like I'm always frustrated when I stack against this guy. Uh, but Baltimore, one of the higher ceiling offenses in the game. Love Mullins at the top if he's in the lineup. Love Rutschman, um, and then you we do have some value pieces to to make the stack pretty affordable. Gunnar Henderson, it's been a rough season for him, but 3,900, I'm, I'm going to keep chasing him until he turns it around. He's he's one of the better prospects in all of baseball. Austin Hayes is a name you threw out there. I really like that call. Uh, guy's been really good this season. He has some uh, prospect pedigree as well. Uh, Mountcastle at 4,300, big power. Santander, 4,600. And Mateo, even if you want to go for some speed, he's generally buried in the order, but a guy that has a little bit of home run power and, and all kinds of stolen base upside. So I'm in on that Baltimore stack as well. All right, moving on to the next game here. We've got Milwaukee visiting the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Blue Jays minus 160 favorites, nine and a half total in the game. Adrian Hauser goes for the Brewers. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi for the Blue Jays. Milwaukee has been pretty rough against left-handed pitching. Let's go ahead and start on, on the Milwaukee side with Hauser, though. Tough matchup for him against Toronto. Um, any interest in Adrian Hauser? No, I mean, Hauser's a very similar pitcher to the two uh, guys that we just talked about, Gibson and Quantrill. Again, low strikeout, uh, not not uh, intimidating stuff at all. Um, pretty below average pitcher going against a pretty, you know, fairly strong Toronto team in Toronto. 
Um, sixty three hundred. I, you know, no. I, I think, I think he's the easiest no so far, and we've had some pretty easy no's on pitching. Um, I, I really have no interest. Yeah, tough matchup against Toronto. Just not, not seeing the upside here. Um, against a tough off- offense, he's had some success this season. I was just looking it up to see what is Sierra. Is Sierra is at four eleven? He's he's been a little bit lucky this this year. ERA at two twenty five, but that Sierra at four eleven is probably more indicative of the results going forward. Um, like you said, K rate under seventeen percent. He's got good control, but against Toronto, I'm out on Hauser. Um, Kikuchi on the other side, he has a little bit more strikeout ability. And this matchup, Milwaukee's a fine, decent offense, but um, they have been pretty brutal against left-handed pitching. You taking any shots on Kikuchi? It's a bit of a pr- tough price tag for me, eighty-four hundred. But um, I, I could think of worse things to do, I suppose. Uh, I don't really think he's that that bad of a play. Um, definitely, I think he should be part of your pool. Like if you're twenty maxing, I would definitely get a pinch here, maybe one or two. I think he does have a ceiling in this matchup. The Brewers can be exploited against against lefties, so it's just not, you know, it's not really that intimidating of a matchup. And you know, uh, Kikuchi is a pitcher that has a wide, um, you know, wide degree of outcomes, right? And that's what we want in tournaments. You know, we yeah. want we want a pitcher that can that can flash a massive ceiling. And and then and of course sometimes he's got a dud too, I, and that's part of the variance of playing large field GBPs and DFS. So I I don't think I don't think I want to get too overboard with my exposure to Kikuchi, Kikuchi but it's not I, I don't think it's a horrible play. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you, and this is to be clear, we're talking large field tournaments here, and we're talking a pinch. Um, the price tag is is not comfortable. Milwaukee has some power in the lineup. But they're an all-or-nothing type of offense. They will swing and miss plenty. Um, just looking up some of the numbers on the M- Milwaukee offense against lefties this year because I knew it was brutal. Um, second worst WRC plus in all of baseball against lefties at at 69. 274 Woba, well below average, the lowest in all of baseball, um, and a massive 30.4 strikeout rate against left-handed pitching. So that is where the ceiling that we're chasing is coming from. It's very possible Kikuchi goes out here and gives up three home runs and your lineup is completely dead. But I also think it's within his range of outcomes to go out here and strike out between eight and 10. And for 8,300, that's, or 8,400, that's certainly useful. So uh, worth noting that Willie Adamas on the concussion IL as well for Milwaukee, who's like their best hitter. So I was just going to say, you know, Milwaukee's a little bit watered down right now. So, I mean, that just boosts, boosts Kikuchi just a little bit more. And at his price, you know, a little, you know, a little marginal, um, you know, thing like that, that can go a long way. Um, so, um, you know, I, I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay with getting him in one or two if you're, if you're in a 20 max setting. Yep. That sounds good to me. That being said, I am probably taking some shots on some of these Milwaukee bats as well. Um, the lefties are the two most expensive in yellowish and and tell us and i'm probably not full stacking here i'm looking for home runs william Contreras has been outstanding against left-handed pitching in his career he's 3800 he fills a weak catcher position i love him as a one-off today um the lineup is is pretty watered down urias is on the il as well who's one of their better hitters against lefties brian anderson is only 3100 don't mind that for a cheap home run um 
and then Taylor is the other cheap outfielder, 2,300. He hasn't really, really gotten his season off to much of a start at all. He missed a bunch of time at the beginning um, on the injured list, but he he's come back. He has struggled so far, but 2,300, he does have some power and some speed, but these are probably more one-off plays. Maybe you can make it a mini stack, um, but I, I don't mind chasing home runs ever against Kikuchi. Uh, William Contreras is definitely the standout for me, though. How about you? Yeah, William Contreras, uh, he might even be like in the, the cash game conversation for catcher uh, because he's in a really, really strong spot. He's only 3,800. Uh, excellent, excellent spot. Um, I think it's, uh, yeah, oh, Owen Miller is day-to-day. If he cracks the lineup for 3K, I, I think he would be uh, a good choice. And then I love the Brian Anderson call. 3,100, third base outfield eligible um this team is definitely more of just like a secondary stack or just like picking off picking off pieces uh for for one-offs all right how about the other side of this game toronto one of the the better offenses in baseball we're not we're not too scared of adrian hauser are you finding some money to pay up for toronto today yeah i mean we gotta we gotta see kind of like what we want to do for for um you know for, for pitchers but i mean if if we can find some solid value at pitching and some cheap bats. And I, I, I love Toronto. Um, I think that uh, ownership is not going to get condensed around, you know, one certain team or two certain, you know, two teams on this slate. So I think that if you can find stacks that you like, they're, they're going to go pretty low owned. Um, Vlad, Vlad has not been really that great. Um, But you know, again, it's 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 early, um, and I I love to get to Vlad, Bichette, Springer. You know the usual suspects. Don't forget about a guy like Dalton Varsho. Um, I think he would be interesting at thirty seven hundred. But this team, you know, it's <clears throat> I I think they're a great team, and I think they're in a great spot, and I don't think that they're going to be end up being that chalky. Yeah, I agree with you. I think ownership will be quite spread out on this slate. We have a, a monster slate, 13 games. Toronto's expensive. We're going to talk about some really solid pitching we want to pay up for. Um, so I agree. I think you're getting a nice ownership number on them. Um, and they always have upside to be the stack you absolutely need on the slate. Um, Bichette has has been tearing the cover off the ball. Um, he's my favorite option. Certainly want Vlad in there as well, even though he struggled a little bit. Chapman's had a really nice season. Um, and then Kirk has struggled a little bit. Varsho struggled a little bit, but their prices are kind of reflecting that as well. Um, so you can you can definitely fit a Toronto stack even even with one of I would say one one ace. You probably need to pay down an SP two and, and find a cheaper secondary stack. Uh, but you can certainly make Toronto work on on this big slate. All right. Next we have the Cincinnati Reds traveling to Fenway Park to take on the Boston Red Sox. Boston minus two hundred favorites here. Nine and a half total in the game. Uh, we have Lively going for Cincinnati and Brian Bayo, one of the better pitching prospects in baseball, who has been a little bit better here recently, um, going for the Red Sox. Um, let's go ahead and start on the Cincinnati side here. Ben Lively has surprisingly pitched okay in his last two starts. I know. Um, I was just. Are we buying say... into that? <laughs> Not really. I was just going to say, I was like, man, his last two starts have been stellar. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm missing something, but hasn't, hasn't Devers been out of the lineup the last two games? He and... has been dealing with something. Yes. Right. So it's like, that's a huge thing for this Boston team. 
Um, I'm not saying I'm not saying that you have to pitch lively, but I'm just I just want our listeners to to you know be paying attention to that line that Boston lineup because without Devers, that's a that's a big hole for this lineup. Boston's just not uh, as deep as they have been in years past. Um, but I'm not really buying into the whole lot lively thing. I probably, I'd probably don't want to get any lively, but just, you know, be, be aware of the Devers situation. I think that's the most important part of this game. Um, so if Dever, if we find out Devers is out, that's a, that's a big boost for lively. Yeah. It looks like Devers has only played once in the last week or so. Um, he played yeah. on May 28th and hasn't played them yeah. other than that uh, since May 24th. So he's definitely dealing with something. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, good, good note there. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not really buying into this lively stuff. If it were a better matchup, maybe I would be, have more interest. Um, and Boston's not a team I'm terribly afraid of. They just don't strike out a ton. Um, it's a really good hitters ballpark as well. So probably too much risk. I mean, if I real, truly believed Lively was going to strike out eight every time he took the mound, of course he would be in play here, but I'm just, I'm not buying it. I need to see it a little bit more. And the other reason is the guy on the other side of this game. I know I have interest in um, mm-hmm. Bayo is starting to figure it out. He's still only seven K um, and he's got a matchup here against Cincinnati who they've actually been pretty hot here recently as well. Um, but Bayo is, is a guy with some pedigree and some upside, uh, at seven K I'm interested in Bayo. How about you? Are you taking any shots on Bayo? I love Bayo. Um, I, I think he's a, a great play on the slate. I, I am on board with his long-term kind of pedigree. Um, I, I think, I think he's, you know, once he gets his control in order, which he has been doing, I think he's elite. Um, I think the ground balls are real um it's it's just um yeah like i i think he's a great play um i he's i mean we haven't had a lot of pitching so far in the first three games that we broke down but as of right now he's my favorite pitcher that's not saying a lot but he is only 7k and i think this is a matchup that that he could really dominate um he's up to 23 yeah 23 and a half percent strikeouts this year seven and a half percent walks Last season, he was over ten percent walk, so his yep. control is getting better, and I think that's the big kind of kind of knock on him. So if he can if he can keep those walks down, this is this is a matchup that he should really excel in. Yeah, complete, completely agree. Um, and we're, like you said, we're going to go through some pitching. Um, he's my favorite so far as well. But even once we get through the entire slate, as far as this range, like seven K and below, he's still going to be the guy that's popping quite a bit for me. Um, love the spot for Bayo. You broke it down really well. Ground ball skills are real. He's shown that in the minors. Even when he was struggling last year, he was showing ground ball skills. Um, the walks are coming down, and I think there's room up on the strikeouts as well. Um, Cincinnati is one of the higher strikeout teams in baseball against right-handed pitching, 24.4%. They're seventh highest in the league. Um, so plenty of upside for Bayo. Love the price tag. Love the matchup. Um, he will be definitely one of the, one of my higher roster pitchers today. All right, let's go on to some bats here. Um, we have interest in Bayo, but that said, um, he is a young guy. Any interest in the Cincinnati bats against him? Not, not really. Um, McLean is kind of getting too expensive. Like he was cheap and he was like, always like a, a, like an okay punt that you go with, with Cincinnati. He's too expensive for me now. Um, 
you know, India is almost 6,000. Like, yeah, I get it. He's good. But I, 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 you know, this Cincinnati team's priced pretty high. And it's, I think I'm going to have to put them in the category of if they beat me, they beat me, you know, because I'm going to be overweight on Bayo. And I just, I don't really have any interest in these Cincinnati bats. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be overweight on Bayo. The reason they're priced up so much is because they just beat up on my Cubs for a three-game series. They scored a bunch of runs in Wrigley Field, even though the wind was blowing in. Um, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm probably out on Cincinnati as well. I definitely prefer the Bayo side of this matchup. Uh, if you wanted to do a, min- a mini stack, um, McLean, like you mentioned, decent price. Senzel's been hitting decently since he came back. Um, Steer has some power, but yeah, I, d- I don't really love the the pricing on these Reds. Friedel, I suppose, if he's at the top of the order, is a, is a guy with a lot of speed upside. Um, but I'm I'm mostly out on Cincinnati. Boston on the other side, like you mentioned, I think it depends on whether Devers is in this lineup. He's certainly the highest upside bat that we have available here. Um, I don't know what to what to think of Ben Lively. He's obviously a career journeyman. He's been overseas. He's been great in his last two starts, but I'm not sure that that's real. Um, so I don't really know what to do with Boston. Where do, where are you standing on Boston? Yeah, Devers is huge. If Devers is in, I, I love him. I, I always really love Devers against a, kind of an inferior, below average pitcher, especially you know uh, at Fenway. Um, but they they are priced. You know, Boston is priced appropriately like Yoshida is almost 6,000 uh, Verdugo is 5k I think that's a little too expensive for Verdugo uh, Tapia is still 2200 so he's like a viable value play uh, Cassis is 2700 I think he would be a fine value play so they're you know the way that Boston is priced you've got some guys at the low end and then you got some uh, some really premium bats that are pra- priced, you know, more appropriately. So I think you could really stack this team if you want to. Um, that being said, I think there'll be better spots as we move along the slate. And, um, but yeah, De- it's Devers for me if he's in. Yeah. I love the Cassis call as well. He's a guy I played a bunch of because they just, they won't raise his price and there's some power in there. I know he, he's, struggles with strikeouts and things like that. And Lively's actually shown some strikeout ability, but I'm, I'm fine using cheap guys along with Devers to make a little mini stack work. Um, if you wanted to do like Devers, Tapia, Cassis, that's, that's pretty affordable as a secondary stack. I'm on board with something like that. I don't know how much I full stack them because to get to Devers and Yoshida is pretty tough. And then Verdugo is a bit overpriced. You could certainly throw Justin Turner or Jaron Duran in that in the mid three Ks. Um, but probably not much of a full stack for me. I, th- I think there are other offenses that that have some more upside. All right, moving on to the next one here. We've got the Philadelphia Phillies taking on the New York Mets. The Mets favored by minus 130, eight and a half total in the game. We have a Ranger Suarez going for the Phillies. Kodai Senga going for the Mets. Um, starting over here on the Philly side, any interest in Ranger Suarez here against the Mets? You know, I never thought he would be this cheap and that I would have no interest in playing him. You know, like, I feel like he used to be, like, in the 7K range and he'd be, like, an okay play and we'd play him in tournaments, sometimes even cash games. But now, I mean, it's like there's something really, really wrong with him. Um, You know, 5,200, I get it if you really, if you really, 
really want to punt, but I, I really can't get behind it in this matchup. I think this is a pretty, I mean, the Mets have, you know, been not great this year, but they're still a very, very talented offense. And so I, I really, I cannot endorse Ranger Soros on the slate. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. When I saw his name and his price tag, I was like, oh, man, might have to consider that. The, the matchup is not great. Um, I, I know the Mets have struggled a little bit, but they, they don't strike out a ton. And Suarez has not been right. If it were a different matchup, I might try to dig in a little bit and figure out what's going on. Um, but he's given up at least five hits in all three of his starts this season. His leash has been really short. He was up to 85 in his last one. Um but 66 in the one before that, 72 before that. So you're probably looking at a max of 90-ish pitches, I would think. Seems like they're they're being a little bit careful bringing him back. Um, and he just hasn't been very good when he's been out there. Um, he's a guy who typically sits around league average with his K rate, but this matchup against the Mets has me not wanting to take too many chances. Um, just pulling up the numbers here, the Mets against lefties, slightly above average, 104 WRC+, plus strikeout rate under 20%. So... Um, there's just, there's not much upside here for, for Suarez. He, he's, pure, he's purely dependent on Babbitt. That's what it will come down to. Like he's not gonna, he's not going to strike out everybody. It's going to be, can he put together four or five innings, maybe get a couple strikeouts and, and somehow keep the, keep New York at bay and get you 13 fantasy points. Uh, I think that's really, I think that's your best kind of outcome with him. And I don't, I don't like that in any format, whether it be large field or like a smaller entry single entry. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely with you. Um, on the other side, we have Kodai Senga who has flashed elite upside, um, struck out 12 rays, two starts back, um, struck out six Cubs his last time out. He's been right in that six to seven strikeout range in most of his starts. I, I believe in this guy's stuff. I think there's more in that. But what, what is really difficult for me is his walks. Like he just, he's clearly going to continue struggling with walks. And that's, I mean, kind of to, to be expected coming over for, from Japan, a little bit different baseball, a, a much more intensive schedule. And, and obviously then the, the guys that he's facing in, in MLB, a, a step above what, what he's facing over there in Japan. So definitely an adjustment period. I believe in the stuff. I think he can rack up strikeouts here, but the walks limit the ceiling for me a little bit. Um, where do you stand on Senga? 9,700, not quite at the, the top range of pitching, but, but pretty close to it. Yeah. That, I was just going to say, he's just a little bit too expensive for a guy who's got a 14 and a half percent walk rate. Like that really makes me nervous. Like, even if he comes back to, towards like what projection systems have him like as his baseline around 10, that's still pretty high for a guy who's so expensive. So it like, yeah, like you said, elite, elite strikeout ability. Like he's, he does have good stuff, but his price for me needs to come down a little bit for me to have more interest. I, I think we're going to get to some couple pitchers like right around him that, that yeah. I find, much safer and have and have better upside but uh his upside is so good though that i don't think you need to x amount of out of an mme pool like if you're making 20 or 150 or something like that i think you can get a pinch just because he does have such an elite elite k stuff but um i wouldn't i wouldn't go too overboard with him yeah, similar play as Kikuchi for me. He's a little bit overpriced for where we want him, and the matchup is is not ideal. Philly does have some strikeouts uh, in the lineup. 
Um, but there, there's a couple of guys just above him in the pricing tier that we're, I think we're both going to have a ton of interest in. Um, like I said, just not quite a big enough of a discount on, on this massive slate. Um, but you can certainly play a couple of them just for that, that strikeout upside. Certainly. Um, how about Philly bats against him? Any interest there? Uh, I, I think it'd be, a, I think it would be a pass for me. Um, they're just not, there's, they're not cheap enough. Uh, he's too kind of good of a pitcher. I mean, anytime a pitcher has such a high walk rate that could really lead to the game getting, uh, broken open, you know, by the opposing team. But like Harper is, you know, 5,800, um, you know, Turner 5,300. Uh, I, I guess Schwarber might be an interesting one-off at, at, at 4,700, but not a, you know, not a team. They're just too expensive. So I, I just, I, I think I'd most likely pass on them. Yeah. I'm pretty much in the same boat um, because of the ballpark. If this game were in Philly, I would have a lot more interest and I'd be, I'd be chasing home runs for sure with this team in city field. It's, it's one of the best pitchers parks in all of baseball, Philly. We're not getting a discount on Philly. Singa has ridiculous strikeout ability. So I, I'm with you. I love stacking against pitchers that, that, struggle with walks i just i don't love the ballpark i don't love the pricing here uh schwarber is an elite one off at 4700 in my opinion he has two homer power in any matchup um in any ballpark so I, you can certainly take shots there i'm probably not stacking them there St- stacking them though if you want to pay up for harper he's a fine one off as well um over on the Mets side we've got pete alonzo against a lefty that's certainly intriguing most days i was just gonna uh, say i was just gonna say uh paul bark uh, you know, I don't care what the ballpark is. Uh, I, I love Pete Alonso in this spot. Um, even Lindor is fine. Um, Marte, he's clearly having a pretty down year, but I think at 3,800, he would be o- okay play too. And then um, uh, Alvarez, the catcher yep. for the Mets, 3,100. I, I really like I really like the Mets. Uh, uh, I completely agree with you. The ballpark really stinks for offensive production. But I just think Ranger Suarez is is pretty broken, and I think they can get to him pretty easily. So um, I I really like the Mets. Yeah, I mean the pricing that you were touching on there, it's surprisingly low. And we talked about the Mets having their struggles a little bit, but Pete Alonso is probably a six K pitch uh, hitter. Um, he's fifty five hundred, so that's a slight discount. Lindor, I mean, we've seen him above five K often. He's forty eight hundred. Nimmo's lefty lefty. I don't know about that. Uh, Marte has a cheap price. He struggled, but he certainly has power and speed still. Um, love the Alvarez call. He's he's probably going to be a very popular catcher on the slate at 3,100. He's really starting to hit. He's one of the better prospects in all of baseball. So 3,100 for Alvarez. Love that at catcher. Vientos, another cheap guy, another decent prospect with some power. Um, I think you could roster him as well if he's in the lineup. It's been a real struggle for Tommy Pham. He's 2,800, but overall this Mets team is just a little bit underpriced. The the ballpark's not great, but the starting pitcher on the other side has not been great either. Um, And they're all just, they're all about $500 too cheap is, is the way I'm reading it. This is like an ownership thing for me. If the Mets aren't going to be like, you know, owned really, I think, I think this is a spot where I'd want to get overweight. So this is definitely a spot where I'm going to want to check out ownership percentage because if they're kind of a forgotten about team, that's going to make me like them even more. 
All right, let's go ahead and keep rolling along here. Uh, next one, we've got the Kansas City Royals uh, visiting the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, St. Louis, big minus 205 favorites, nine run total in this game. You've got Zach Grinke still trying to throw baseballs here in 2023. Miles Michaelis on the other side for the Cardinals. Um, you Any interest in Zach Grinke at 6,100 against the Cardinals? That's an easy no. I'm just not. I'm not even going to bother. I mean, look I at the figured. pitching on this slate, Keith. This is like, <laughs> this is awful. Some we're we're getting there. There's going to be some good I, ones. I, promise. I know, but so far, man, this has been this has been an ugly, ugly slate for pitching. Uh, yep. No, I, definitely no Granky for me. I think I've, I think that's easy. Yeah, easy easy no for me as well. Uh, Miles Michaelis on the other side, another low strikeout pitcher. Kansas City, a, a better matchup than what Grinky has. So uh, any interest in Michaelis at 77? I do a little bit. Um, but, you know, we've already talked about like Kikuchi and and, and Bayo, uh, guys that are kind of like hovering in that same price range that I, I prefer those guys more. Uh, Michaelis, uh, definitely not very, low, very, very low strikeout. But, you know, he does have very, very good control. And I'm not intimidated by this Kansas City lineup. So I think he's okay. But, you know, I like a lot of, I like other guys better around him. Yeah, I'm with you. I would, I would play Bayo at least eight out of 10, 10 times ahead yes. of Michaelis, maybe I nine out of 10. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't think I get to Michaelis. Like, just, it's a good matchup against Kansas City, but there's just not enough strikeout upside for me here. Um, all right, let's go ahead and flip on over to the bats here. Uh, Kansas City against Michaelis. Um, really good control guy, ground ball guy in Michaelis. Kansas City not an elite offense. What are, what are your thoughts on Kansas City? Uh, you know, Prado remains cheap at 3100 first base outfield. Um, you know, he's a decent salary-saving option. Bobby Witt is starting. You know, Bobby Witt was pretty cheap there for quite a while, and they're finally starting to price him up. So that will keep his ownership down, though. I, I'm a big fan of Bobby Witt. I know that they've been they kind of like were dropping him down to the six hole. Um, I, I saw him batting cleanup. I've seen him batting leadoff. Like, I'm not really sure kind of like where they're going to land with him on that. But I, I just love Bobby Witt's skill set. So and then, of course, Sal Perez, always an option, always an elite one off. If you're looking to pay up a catcher. Sal Perez is kind of like that that blue chip kind of style catcher, right? Like he's always he's always there. He's in a great spot. So I, that would be those three. Uh, v- Vinny P at thirty eight hundred, he's okay. Um, Melendez at thirty five hundred. Uh, you know this team could be an interesting secondary secondary stack, or you could do uh, a, like a one off of like Wit or a one off of Perez. Yeah, that's not a full stack for me just because I, I respect Michaelis as a pitcher. Um, does a pretty good job of keeping the ball on the ground, but he's not going to miss a ton of bats. I could see him giving up a home run or two. So I, I could be talked into a secondary stack of Kansas City. Witt and, and Sal Perez, certainly the high upside guys. I think you can certainly pair them with a, a salary saver like Pascantino or, or Melendez or Prado. So I, exact same thoughts as you on Kansas City here. Not a full stack, but certainly don't mind the secondary. Um, on the other side, we've got St. Louis here going up against Grinky. Um, are they a priority for you today? They're they're going to be up there. Like I would I would assume that like 
Nolan Gorman is going to be pretty popular. He seems to be a, like a, a recent darling for St. Louis. People are really caught on to how good of an offensive bat he is. Uh, so I, I, I like Gorman, Paul Goldschmidt, you know, Paul DeJong. I think Lars Newtbar got hurt on, I don't know, either today or a couple days ago. Yeah, so he, he left might... the game Monday early. Yeah, so he's an interesting one to look out for. Um, but yeah, I mean, the St. Louis team should, should get to Granky. Uh, you know, Granky's not like a complete gas can, but he just, you know, if he doesn't, if he's not pitching, if he's not hitting his spots, he's dead. Right. Like if he's not, if his control's not good, like he, he's not, not even, he's so far gone from his prime. So, uh, I think St. Louis is in a fantastic spot. Yeah, definitely. I, I think what you said there, there that Granky's not a complete gas can, I, I do agree with that sentiment. Um, he doesn't get blown up all that often. He just he finds a way to induce some soft contact. He like he's not gonna strike anybody out, but he he finds a way to get through five innings fairly unscathed at times, it seems like. Um that being said, I still don't mind taking plenty of shots on St. Louis. Love the Gorman call. He's been awesome this season. Goldschmidt is off to another fantastic season. Um, if Newt Bar is out of there, like Donovan is twenty eight hundred. Um, if he hits in the middle of the order, I certainly like that. I think Burleson's pretty much guaranteed to be in there if uh, if Newt Bar sits, um, and he's only twenty three hundred. So, like, there's some cheap pieces to help you get up to the the Goldman, the Gorman, the Goldschmidt's, and the Arenados as well. Um, I think I'm fine with the full stack, even though Grinky is can have some success. He's got good control, but you just, you hope that controls off a little bit, like you said. Um, and then he's going to get in, into trouble in a real hurry. All right. Next game, we've got the Tampa Bay Rays against the Chicago Cubs. Uh, we have Shane McClanahan on the bump and making Tampa Bay a massive minus 200 favorite, only a seven and a half total in this game. Um, Kyle Hendricks on the other side, uh, he come. He came back for his first start of the season. Luch in the chat, shout out to Luch, um, says, how many home runs will Josh Lowe hit off Hendricks tomorrow, and why is it at least two? Um, so <laughs> Hendricks has certainly struggled with the power here recently. Um, his, much like Grinky, his formerly elite control has uh, escaped him at times, and he can get into a ton of trouble when that happens. Not a great matchup for him um, against this elite Tampa Bay offense. Let's start with McClanahan. Um, he's expensive, 11-4. Um, one of the higher strikeout rates on the slate. Are you making Punk Clanahan a priority here at the top range of pitching? Yeah, I mean, we finally have a real pitcher, right? Now we're, yep. we are now, uh, you know, six games into this slate, <laughs> and we really haven't had any, like, true elite pitcher. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's you know, almost a 30% K rate. Walks have been a little high, almost 10%, but, you know, he's not horrible. This is a... Uh, this is a real good matchup. Uh, it hasn't been the weather hasn't been great at Wrigley either. So if like the wind's still blowing in, like it has been, I mean that's just going to be even a bigger boost for McClanahan. So I am, I, you know, he's going to be. I would assume he's going to be your cash game pitcher. Uh, there's a couple other guys we need to get to later on, but he w- he would be a great option. And I I, I just. I mean, I love him. So he's 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 very consistent. This is a matchup that he should excel in. This is a very weak pitching slate. So I, I you know, I don't have much, many bad things to say about him. 
The only thing I will say is I do like how the Cubs line up against lefties better than how they line up against righties. That being said, there's still going to be a ton of strikeouts in this lineup. Um, Wisdom is almost certainly going to be in there against a lefty. He's got a strikeout rate in the mid-30s. Chris Morrell is going to be in there. He has come down from his insane heater, um, and he's got a strikeout rate above 30%. Like Outside of Horner at the top of this order, there's quite a bit of strikeouts throughout the rest of the, the lineup. Uh, McClanahan is sitting at 29, just over 29% on the season. Um, that is the highest K rate on the entire slate. Um, so his, his price is justified. Like you said, wind has been blowing in at Wrigley as well. That would, that would definitely be a nice bump for him. Um, yeah, McClanahan is among the top options. I think there's a guy that I prefer slightly, um, just because he's a little bit cheaper, but McClanahan has as much upside on the on as anybody on this entire slate. Um, it's an elite strikeout spot for him. If he's got the wind blowing in behind him, that's an, just another boost for him. So fire up McClanahan, all formats for sure. Kyle Hendricks on the other side. We know Luch isn't playing any. Um, I'm probably out. I know Marcus Stroman shut down Tampa Bay. Uh, went for the complete game shutout on Monday night. Hendricks is not quite on the same level as Marcus Stroman anymore. Um, he is cheap. Where was this pitch count at last in the 86 pitches in the, in the last one. So pretty, pretty fully stretched out. You're not hardly going to get 95 out of him uh, or much more than 95 ever. So 86 is about his full leash. He's cheap. um, But that being said, we have what's been the best offense in all of baseball on the other side. Um, Are you going to try to save any money with Hendricks today? Uh, You know, I, I told everybody on grinders live uh, on Monday that, you know, don't, uh, don't pitch Strowman. You know, so that <laughs> that that didn't work out very well. Um, but no, I, I have no uh, I have no interest in Hendricks. It's uh, not not a good spot. Um, he's just coming back. I there are cheaper pitchers on the slate that are far superior to him. Uh, this, you know, I'll, I'm just gonna say what I said. You know, on Monday, it's I I don't want to go after Tampa Bay. I don't care if they're gonna regress. I don't care if they're you know not this good, quote unquote. They're still they're still an amazing team, and uh, it's not they're not they're not a team I want to attack. So I'm I'll pass on him easily. Yep, I'm out on Hendricks as well. Um, let's go ahead and start talking about those Tampa Bay bats. Um, even if the wind is blowing in, Hendricks has given up a ton of hard contact over the last few seasons. So um, even if we get a little weather here, I'm interested in some Tampa bats. How about you? Yeah, I love uh, I lo- love that price on uh, Wander Franco. He's 5100. Yeah. I know that sounds uh, you know kind of expensive, but I think he's probably five six hundred too cheap. Uh, you know, Brandon Lau 5100, Josh Lowe 4900. Randy Rosarina, of course, you can play anytime. He's definitely the most expensive, fifty-seven hundred. That might be a little steep, but you know he he always has a ceiling. So I mean this this team this team is so strong up and down the lineup. Like they they have such good depth, one to nine, that I it makes sense that their stacks have done so well uh, over the course of the of the season because they're, they're just they're a really really strong team even though they don't have a quote unquote, like a superstar, but um, they've got three guys that are pretty close to being superstar. And then they have some depth pieces that are very strong. So, uh, you know, I, I, I do, I do like Tampa Bay. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. It's the lefties for me as well. Franco 
a little too cheap. Brandon Lau, it's been a bit of a struggle for him, but we know he's got a ton of power still. Um, Josh Lowe has been amazing. Um, he's been leading off a lot, so probably locked in for at least three at-bats against Hendricks. Good spot for him. Um, Luke Rayleigh is a cheap guy that I will, would definitely add to the mix. Uh, another lefty, um, 3,400, and he's shown off quite a bit of power. He's got 10 home runs already this season. So I, re- I really like Luke Rayleigh to save a little bit of money in this stack. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Tampa Bay is definitely stackable on the slate full, full stack for me. Um, we've got Cubs bats on the other side, but Shane McClanahan, um, one of the better pitchers in all of baseball, any interest in the Cubs here against the, the big lefty? Uh, no, I mean, I just, I, even if I was building one fifty, I I think I'd just X out the whole team. Yep, I'm completely with you there. Just too tough of a matchup. Best strikeout rate on the slate. Uh, Cubs are still pretty priced up, so no no interest for me either. We will go ahead and keep it moving here. Um, we've got the Los Angeles Angels taking on the Chicago White Sox. Uh, minus 150 favorite for the White Sox. Uh, eight and a half total in the game. We've got Tyler Anderson going for the Angels and Lucas Giolito going for the White Sox. Go ahead and start on the Angels side here. Any interest in Tyler Anderson? Um, probably not, you know, 5,700, just not, I mean, White Sox are a team that we can pick on, but I don't think that, uh, this is necessarily, you know, the pitcher that we need to do it with or the slate that we need to do it with. Um, I would say that he's Tyler Anderson is, I would say better than some of the cheaper options that we've had, but not, not by a whole heck of a lot. So it's not. (laughs) You know, I mean, again, another one of these super, super low K rates, high walk rates. Uh, it's just, you know, I actually think that DK did a really good job of kind of tempting people uh, with these really, really bad pitchers, just hanging their prices like well below 6K to be like, oh, do I want to take a shot? I don't I don't really think you do. I don't think you need to take a shot on, on a guy like uh, Anderson. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. If it was the version of Tyler Anderson that we saw last year, we'd be all all aboard at 5,700. He has not been able to replicate that success here with the Angels. Um, like you said, really low K rate, under 14%. And his walk rate is really what's hurting him as well, over 10%. So I don't mind the matchup against the White Sox, but he just he hasn't shown enough skills for me um, to to take any shots on him today. Um, how about Lucas Giolito on the other side here at 9,200? So my, when I first looked at this slate, I was like, no way, you know? Um, but I don't know. I I think he's actually okay because I mean, there are, there are better plays, but you know, he, he does have a 24% K rate, 7% walk rate. And then the other thing that I, I, I looked at is that his, he's got a pretty high Babbitt, you know? So He's gotten a little bit unlucky this year, so um, I, I think he's I think he's an okay play. He does seem a little bit expensive, but I, I think that's what the field will think also. So I, I think for tournaments, he would he would be in the bucket for me. Um, I would not exclude him. He wouldn't be in my first three lineups. He might not even be in my first ten. But if I got up to like twenty lineups or so, I I think I'd have to throw him in. Yeah, similar play to Senga, right? Probably a little bit overpriced. Um, not the best matchup in the world, but the, the Angels lineup, once you get past Trout and Otani, it's deeper than it has been in the past, but it still falls off towards the bottom there quite a bit. Um, should be some easy outs down at the, at the bottom of the order. 
Giolito has some strikeout ability. He always seems to give up home runs. Like he could be cruising in a game and then he gets touched mm-hmm. for a home run. It's just part of part of playing him. Um, so it like with Senga, it's not without risk, but I wouldn't call you crazy for, for wanting him to play, for wanting to play him on this slate. Um, all right, let's go ahead and talk about some bats here. Um, how about those angels? I, I just mentioned Giolito's home run problems. Are they a full stack for you? Are you chasing home runs or or would you rather play or just rather have Giolito shares? Um, if I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, st- I don't want to stack the Angels. Uh, you could play Otani and Trout against anybody, um, on any slate, <clears throat> but the rest of this team, I, I, I'm not really about the Angels stack, so I think it's Otani or and Trout for one off, and, and that's honestly it for me. I'm kind of with you mostly. Um, Trout, I love G Lito has been a reverse. Split pitcher his whole career. Trout has been a reverse split hitter as well. So this is a good Trout lines up really well in this matchup. Um, I would say I I don't mind Renfro at 3,900 trying to chase home runs. Again, I don't think I'm stacking against Giolito either, um, but trying to find a cheap home run is, is certainly viable outside of Otani and Trout and Hunter Renfro, I think is where I would look for that. Um, Walsh is back. He's got power, but again, Giolito has those reverse splits, so I don't love the matchup for him. Um, but just just another 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 name to throw out there. I'll give you Hunter Renfro. How about White Sox on the other side? I actually have some interest just as salary saving options, like Andrew Vaughn, uh, thirty four hundred, uh, uh, Berger, thirty three hundred, uh, uh, Jimenez, thirty two hundred. You know that's. I think that's pretty good savings. You know, uh, Robert's only 4,600. Moncada's 4,200. Like, we just talked about how Anderson can't strike anybody out. He's going to walk a bunch of guys. Um, I don't like the White Sox. Like, they're they're not a very good op- offensive team. But these salaries are are tough to pass up. So, I, I think, honestly, like, if you find some builds where you want to double pay up for pitcher – say McClanahan or a couple guys that we'll get to and you need like a cheap stack. I think the White Sox are, are viable for that. Yeah. I mean, just looking at these prices, um, I, Eloy coming back and being only 3,200, he hasn't been great this season, but Eloy is a much better hitter again than 3,200. And this matchup against Tyler Anderson is pretty great for him. Love that call. Jake Berger and Andrew Vaughn right there with you. Um, that little three man mini stack right there. I will have quite a bit of exposure to that. Um, I don't like, I, I'm fine going up for Anderson and Robert as well. Um, they're both below 5K. There is some upside there amongst them. Um, I just, I don't know the, the White Sox are going to score 10 runs in this spot. So I prefer them as a secondary stack. Um, I wouldn't try to talk you out of the full stack though, just because they are pretty cheap on this slate. All right, um, now we will move on to the next game. We have the Minnesota Twins at the Houston Astros. Um, Minnesota favored as minus 115 here, eight run total in this game. We've got Joe Ryan going for the Minnesota Twins, Brandon Belak for the Houston Astros. Um, Joe Ryan has been incredible this season. <laughs> Tough matchup, tougher matchup against the Astros. Um, how are we feeling about Joe Ryan at 11,100 salary? Love Joe Ryan. Um, I just don't want him to be popular, and I don't think he will be. I think people are going to be scared away from this matchup, which makes me love him for larger field tournaments. Um, I don't think he's – 
I think this is going to be a pretty tough matchup for him. But that K rate and that those low walks, I, I love that. You know, like I just don't, you know, Houston, Houston can beat anybody. Um, but if if Ryan's got it working, then I, I think he could I think he could beat this team. And that's, you know, that's the kind of situation that you want to get exposure to in tournaments because people are gonna play McClanahan, they're gonna play you know, we'll, we'll get to him, but they're going to, they're going to play Zach Gallon. Um, you know, they're going to, so it's like, where is Joe Ryan's going to be kind of a forgotten guy, I think. And if that's the case, I, I love him for tournaments. Yeah, I am right there with you. Joe Ryan is one of my favorite pitchers on the entire slate. Um, 11-1 is a big ask, but the guy is, has a lead upside now. Um, I've talked about it several times, whether you read my stuff on scores and odds or expert survey or anything like that, Joe Ryan's pitch mix, um, adding the splitter, um, his, he's seen his K rate skyrocket. Um, he's just shy of 29%. But the one thing that is still true with him is he has massive splits. Like he is dominant against right righties and he is more close to average against lefties. Um, obviously the Astros have two very scary lefties in this lineup. But outside of that, they're pretty right-handed heavy. Um, just to put some numbers to it, 35% strikeout rate to right-handers, 22.8% strikeout rate for Joe Ryan against lefties. So I think he matches up really well here. Obviously, trying having to get past Alvarez and Tucker is a scary proposition with a guy who struggles against lefties. Um, but I'm, I'm going to take some shots on Joe Ryan for sure. I agree with you. I think there's at least two or three pitchers that are going to be higher-owned on this slate in, in this very top range, there are certainly going to be cheaper pitchers that are higher owned as well. Um, but am- amongst the, like, let's say 9,500 and above guys, I think Ryan is third or fourth just in that tier alone. Um, he, so, he's the most, he's the most likely to get squeezed, you know, yep. in the, in this expensive, in this expensive range. I think that's pretty obvious. And I, I think you and I are in agreement that this is uh He's a real. He's a really, really strong pitcher. So I, yep. I think he's. I think he's great for tournaments. Yep, absolutely love it. So uh, we'll definitely have exposure to him. All right. How about Brian Belak on the other side? Um, Sixty eight hundred. He's been okay through through his first couple of starts this season. Um, Minnesota's a decent enough offense. How how are we feeling about Belak? He's he's in that price uh, range with guys that we've already mentioned that I I like a lot more. Uh, so. You know, I, I prefer to get to Bayo. Um, it's, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't really, you know, Minnesota's not a great team, but I, I think I'll pass with him. Yeah, I, I do want to see the ownership here. If Bayo in, ends up popular, I don't mind Belak as a pivot. Um, just because Minnesota strikes out a, a bunch. They have the second highest right, strikeout rate in baseball against right-handed pitching, all the way up at 26%. Only Oakland is worse. Um, that being said, they do have a really solid 184 ISO against righties and a 105 WRC+. plus. So they, they're a solid offense against righties, but they do strike out a fair amount. Um, so if I'm looking for a pivot off of Bayo, I don't mind Belak. That said, I hope Bayo is low owned and I can just play a ton of Bayo. I definitely prefer him. Um, Minnesota batters in this game. Um, Belak, like I said, he's more of an average pitcher. It's a price play. I'm not, I'm not scared of him. This Minnesota offense has some talent. Um, how do you feel about Minnesota bats? 
I mean, it. You know, we saw we saw Buxton sit. Uh, that I hope that's not an injury. But I mean, without without Buxton, this lineup is uh, just not as good. I assume Buxton will be back. Uh, the one thing that I do want uh, our listeners to know is about uh, Royce Lewis. Yeah, uh, I, be- I believe he was a former number one pick, right, Keith? Um, yeah, I know he, he was he blew- first rounder for sure. First not- rounder, okay, yeah, yeah. and uh, blew his. Uh, uh, his knee out and yep. uh he's back and he's he's min price yep. he was min price on monday he, he he hit a home run and now he's been priced again so boy boy do you have a great punt just sitting there at shortstop already um so he's uh he's gonna be a standout play he'll he'll be like a popular cash game play popular probably in single entries too and in, in the higher higher dollar stuff but I just wanted everyone to know, like he's a far, far superior uh, hitter than than a two K hitter. Yeah, absolutely, um, and I think that helps make the the Minnesota stacks work. Uh, yeah. We talked about White Sox as a cheap secondary stack. I'm interested in Minnesota as a cheap secondary stack as well. Um, Royce Lewis is a, a great call, like you just mentioned. There's a bunch of other young hitters that I'm interested in this lineup as well. Kirilov at 3200 is certainly fine. Um, Julian at 2,700 is a talented prospect. Um, like there's, there's just a lot of good young talent here for this Minnesota team and they're all pretty cheap. So like, I don't necessarily need to get up for Buxton and Correa in this matchup. Like Houston has an awesome bullpen. Belak has been solid enough. Uh, but if I need three cheap pieces, this Minnesota team, I I certainly don't mind that. And even Gallo and Kepler, I mean, Gallo's yeah. only 4K, Kepler's 39. I mean, that's that's very, very affordable. I think that's a really good call. All right, how about the Houston side here? We both respect Joe Ryan as a, as a uh, pitcher, but Houston has some talent there. What are you thinking? Well, I mean, you mentioned the reverse splits. So, I mean, I guess Jordan or Tucker, right? Um, but it's not uh, – you know, Ryan's not going to be popular enough to like where I can say, "Oh, get some leverage against a chalky pitcher." I don't think he's going to be that popular. So I, I don't, I don't see. I find them unnecessary, even though they're they're a great offense. Yep, I'm right there with you. The two guys I want to play are both really expensive, and I'm like, if you play Jordan and you get a home run from him, is that even enough on this slate? Like, you probably right. need two, or at least a, a home run and a double. Um, right. to, for him to pay off that salary on this slate, I'm, I'm probably out on Astros here against Joe Ryan, who I have a lot of trust in and re- respect him a ton. Moving on to the next game here, we have the Atlanta Braves against the Oakland Athletics. Um, Atlanta, big minus 245 favorites in this one, eight and a half run total. We've got Bryce Elder going for the Braves, J.P. Sears going for Oakland. Bryce Elder's been solid, but that price tag is up there at 9,300. It is one of the best matchups in all of baseball for a right-handed pitcher. Um, are we paying 9,300 for Bryce Elder? I think you can. Um, he's one of the reasons why I was reluctant to have any kind of positive take about Giolito because he's right around Giolito's price. Um, Elder is safer than Giolito. I, I think that's I think that's definitely the case. He's cheaper. Uh, I think he's safer than even a guy like Senga. He might not have the ceiling of those two guys, but I think he's I think he's safer than those two. So when you're breaking on the slate as a whole, it's like I, I think that you can get more safety, even though he's only got you know a twenty one percent K rate. 
But I, I think that this matchup is so good that um, I really have no issue with people getting to him. Um, you know, this he's, he's such a big favorite. Uh, Oakland is is awful. So I, I, I really don't mind it. It's just I don't know if he has a ceiling to like w- actually win you a tournament. I, I that last thing you said right there is kind of how I feel. I'm not sure. I know the matchup is great, and no, it wouldn't surprise me if he went seven clean innings here against Oakland. Is seven innings and seven strikeouts of clean baseball enough at 9,300? Maybe, but we've got the McClanahan's and the Joe Ryan's. Even Sen- like if Senga pops off for a big game, you're going to need more than that. Um, so I, I am concerned about the ceiling. I agree with your points about safety. It's a fantastic matchup for Elder. I think I the my style of play. I'm generally in large field tournaments. I'm playing a little bit riskier, and I'm looking for more ceiling. So I, I don't think I get to Elder often enough. Um, but I do agree with your points about it. it's a great matchup in a great ballpark, um, and it does provide a little more upside than he typically has. But I wish he was a little cheaper than than I'd be much more apt to uh, to load him up. But a little bit too pricey for a ceiling, I think. On the other side, JP Sears uh, gets a really tough Atlanta offense. How are you feeling about J.P. Sears? You know, I think J.P. Sears is 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 a decent pitcher. I just don't want to go there in this matchup. Uh, I know that it's a great it's a great ballpark for pitchers, but um, Atlanta is a, is one of the best offenses in baseball. Uh, they've got really really great right handers. Uh, they have strong strong lefties. You know, up and down the lineup. Um, I actually wouldn't be shocked to see, you know, maybe people take a couple shots on him, but I I think I'll pass. Like his his control is really good. He has a twenty three and a half percent strikeout rate, but I, I think just, it, I he's Oakland's best pitcher. I think that's pretty safe oh, to say. Like, yeah, but that's not saying that's anything. not saying much. But right, that's you know, I was like, I was like, yeah, I mean, that is that is true. But I don't, <laughs> I I don't know if you. Uh, I don't know if he's that proud of that. So <laughs> fair enough, right? Um, so yeah, I, I just this matchup is tough, man. Like yeah. I, I, I don't want to. I don't really want to go there. It is. It's the same thing I said with with Belak. If Bayo is popular, maybe I'm looking for pivots in this range. If Bayo is 15% owned or something like that, I'm just comfortable going way overweight on Bayo. I don't need to mess with the Belaks and the the Sears, but those are the two names that I'll consider if Bayo shows up with like 30% projected ownership or something like that, that tomorrow. And I'm looking for pivots. Otherwise I'll, I'll leave Sears and Belak both on the shelf. Um, all right. You just talked about some of those upside Atlanta bats. Um, Sears is certainly a guy who has been susceptible to the home run. We have the Oakland bullpen, which has been just atrocious behind him. Um, tell me what you like about Atlanta. Yeah, anytime you do a show about baseball, you have to talk about how bad the Oakland bullpen has been. <laughs> yeah. And and that kind of brings me to a point of, like, don't forget about Matt Olson. Like, he's going to be left on left to start the game, but that's not going to be how he ends the game. So don't don't forget about him in your Atlanta stacks. Um, ob- the obvious choices would be Acuna and Riley and Murphy. Um, but don't, don't forget about Olson because he's going to be, you know, he's going to, get some chances against that horrible Oakland bullpen. Ozunia, Ozunia is very, very cheap at 2,900. Um, you know, it's uh, Rosario 2,400. So, I mean, there's a couple cheap pieces that you can get to, 
Um, I, I, you know, stacking a team in Oakland, it can always be kind of tough because it's such a bad hitters park, but I, I, I love Atlanta. Yeah, I, I love Atlanta as well. I think anytime Oakland is on a slate, whoever their opponent is, is going to be one of the top stacks on the slate. It's just been so profitable this year to stack against Oakland. Their starting pitching has been awful. Their bullpen has been just as bad. So, um, agree. I, like Going into Oakland is not an ideal spot for the Braves, but because you get to face the Oakland pitching staff, it, it turns into an ideal spot. So, Atlanta, one of the highest upside stacks on the entire slate. Um, Oakland on the other side, Bryce Elder has been a pretty decent pitcher. Um, how are you feeling about, um, Oakland bats? Any interest? I'm not, I, I have no interest. Not at all. Um, they, they very, uh, they're just, they're, they're cheap, but there's other cheap bats and better spots on the slate. Yep. I agree with you. Tough ballpark. Elder's been really solid, good Braves bullpen behind him. Um, I will find value elsewhere as well. Next game coming up, uh, New York Yankees going to the Seattle Mariners. Uh, minus 130 favorites for the Mariners. Um, seven run total in this game. I believe that's the lowest on the slate. We have Nestor Cortez for the Yankees. Logan Gilbert for the Mariners. A couple of really good starting pitchers in this one. Um, let's start on the Yankees side. Nestor Cortez, 8,600. How are we feeling about Nasty Nestor today? Nasty Nestor, he's going to project really well. Uh, he always does. I'm looking at Derek Cardi's, uh, the bat projections right now, uh, next day projections. And he, like right now he, he's, he's number two, you know, in, in, in raw points. Raw points. That wow. Could, that could change, you know, that could change, but he's going to project well. So, you know, that's gonna, that's going to get people's attention on the slate. Anytime somebody like that projects. Well, we've seen this with Cortez before, uh, you know, I think it was like three weeks ago. He was up against Oakland and he was like the top projected raw point pitcher. And he's, you know, very pretty inexpensive. He hasn't, he hasn't flashed much of a ceiling this season. Doesn't mean that he can't do it. Um, Seattle does strike out um, at a pretty high clip, but I'm worried when these guys start projecting, well, I do get worried about ownership. So if he's going to be a popular choice, I, I might tend to say to get underweight him uh, just because I've, I've seen some other options that I, I kind of like better. I agree with you. If he's going to be popular, I might just full on fade him. Um, we, we've talked about McClanahan and Joe Ryan already, who I have interest. Obviously Nestor's at a, a bit of a different price point. I would rather go down to Brian Bayo than I would play Nestor Cortez into ownership. So I'd be fine saving a little bit of money here. Seattle does strike out a lot, like you mentioned. So that that does add some ceiling to Nestor. Um, but he's only been around an average strikeout rate this season, um, 23.6%, I believe it was. He hasn't had that long of a leash either. I think there's enough power in this Seattle lineup that they can get to him a little bit. I, I, I hope people play him because I, I'm excited to go underweight on Nestor Cortez. Um, it's been it's worked out so far this season. I think he was pretty popular his last time out against Baltimore He's because he was only yes. eighty one hundred. Um, yep, that that's... Oakland game, like you mentioned, he was only ninety four hundred with that with that awesome matchup. Um, he's yep. been chalked multiple times and failed in those spots. Um, yep. So I I'm more than willing to go underweight on Nestor Cortez. Um, that price tag, I think I don't think there's any chance that he's low owned on this slate just because of the price tag. Um, there is it is a solid upside matchup against Seattle. 
but I will be underweight and just hope that Seattle um, can get to him a little bit. Part of that reason is because of Logan Gilbert on the other side. He is my absolute favorite pitcher on the entire slate. Really? Um, I talked to, talked about Joe Ryan and how his pitch mix has changed. Spike out, the strikeout rate has spiked. Logan Gilbert is in the same boat. He's added a splitter this year. His strikeout rate is all the way up to 29.6%. I think I said McClanahan had the highest strikeout rate. He's 29.1. Gilbert's 29.6. Higher strikeout rate than Shane McClanahan this year. Um, I, I am fully buying what Logan Gilbert is selling this year. Um, it's the Yankees, but it is a ballpark downgrade going to the West Coast to Seattle. Um, a much better pitcher's park than Yankee Stadium. Logan Gilbert is saves me $1,000. I love Joe Ryan. Don't get me wrong. Um, Zach Gallon, we're going to talk about, is in a fantastic spot today. Absolutely love him as well. But Logan Gilbert will be my highest owned pitcher on the slate. Well, yeah, I, 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 love, I love the take. Uh, we'll talk about Gallon. Gallon's my favorite, but I love Gilbert too. Um, Gallon's going to be way higher owned. We'll get, to, we'll get to him. But I mean, Gilbert's going to be that pivot away from from Gallon. Um, yeah, I, I I love it. You know, it's a it's a negative ballpark shift for the Yankees. Um, you know, Gilbert's really he he's he's had an amazing year. I, I'm not quite as bullish as you on him, but I, I love the take. I think he's a great play, um, and you know, it's just. You know, we all have to break our own pitchers into tiers, and and Gilbert falls, I think, definitely falls uh, below Gallon for me, and he fall, falls below McClanahan for me. So he'd be he'd be my SP three. So from a raw points perspective, I mean, if I was ranking him on on CBRs tomorrow, I think he would be third for me as well. Um, but I have mm-hmm. him right in that top tier with those guys. Uh, point per dollar and I don't think that the field will like you said like that's where I'm coming from if, if we're looking at ownership projections three hours from the slate blocking and Gilbert is getting as much ownership as Gallon, maybe I don't have quite as heavy of a stance on him um, but I'm, I'm assuming that he's going to be lower owned just because people see the Yankees they're a little bit concerned you've got McClanahan against the Cubs presumably with the, the wind blowing in a little bit and you've got Gallon against the, the Rockies with which are, are just a horrible offense, especially away from Coors Field. So yeah, Ga- Gallon's definitely going to be the highest owned. I, I'm I'm not as convinced, I guess, as you that Gilbert's going to be that much different than McClanahan, but Ga- Gallon will definitely be the. So chalk. I think I think Gallon Cortez is is the chalk. I might be wrong yeah, on that. that. Maybe yeah, people are maybe no, people yeah. are soured on Cortez enough that they will want to pay up twice. Um, right. But I, I think they are going to look at that Nestor Cortez price and and have a lot of interest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a valid point. Yeah. All right. Um, we're running pretty long here. We're going to – I don't have any interest in bats on this. You can always play Aaron, Aaron Judge as a one-off. Um, Seattle bats, Cortez is solid enough. He gets enough ground balls. I'm not really interested in stacking up Seattle. Anything that you want to say about offenses in this game? No, I'm glad you just brought up Judge. You can play him anytime he's low-owned. Other than that, this is a very low total game. No interest. All right, we'll keep it moving then. Uh, we have the Colorado Rockies against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, we have Kyle Freeland going for the Rockies. We have Zach Gallen as a massive minus 250 favorite. Total in the game is eight runs. Uh, any interest in Kyle Freeland here against actually what's been a surprising Arizona offense? Uh, I have no interest in Kyle Freeland. No uh, interest. I have, a lot of, 
I have a lot of interest in the bats going up against him. So. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm not playing Freeland on this slate. Um, Zach Gallen at 10-7 against this Colorado offense. Um, obviously going to be one of the top pitchers on the slate. I'll let you go ahead and, and take it away. Yeah, so he's got, you know, 28% K rate, 5% walk rate going up against this really, really weak Colorado team. Um, I, you know, he's going to, he's going to be the most popular pitcher on the slate. Um, he's definitely going to be your cash game SP one. I'm very, very confident in that. Um, it's going to be kind of up to your own risk tolerance. If you want to get over underweight him and GPPs, um, you know, we heard Keith say that he wants, you know, Logan Gilbert's going to be his highest own pitcher. If I if I played twenty teams, I'm I'm just a single entry player, but Gallon Gallon would be my highest owned guy. Um, I I think this is a uh, just an abs- absolute amazing spot, great great floor, amazing ceiling. Uh, I, I Gallon's Gallon is my guy. Yeah, I'm certainly not going to try to talk anybody off of of Zach Gallon. Um, he has put together an outstanding season. A couple hiccups here recently against Pittsburgh in Philadelphia doesn't scare me a bit. I still think he's a, an outstanding pitcher. Um, the matchup against Colorado out away from Coors Field is outstanding. He's too cheap for this matchup. I don't think there's any arguing that. Um, but I do agree with you that he's going to come with quite a bit of ownership today uh, in the larger field contest that I, that I like to play generally. I will have probably as much as the field. Um, it's just not a guy I'm going to take a massive overweight stance on because I feel like I'm going to get a pretty significant ownership discount on a couple of the other guys because of gallon. Maybe I end up 10% under the field or something like that. Um, certainly on paper, the best play on, on the slate, no doubt about it. Um, hitters in this game. I think we can go ahead and skip over the Colorado side altogether. Zach gallon's one of the best pitchers in baseball. No reason to pick on him on a 13 game slate, Arizona bats. What do you got for me? Uh, Christian Walker, uh, Guriel would be my two favorite. Uh, Marte was not in the lineup uh, on Monday, but I would assume there's no issue with him. I assume he'd be back. Corbin Carroll, uh, one of the best young hitters in all of baseball. Uh, and then uh, uh, Gabriel Moreno, uh, assuming he's in the lineup. Uh, pretty cheap punt catcher. Love this Arizona stack. I'm hoping that I can get to them. So I'm going to have to find some mid-range pitchers that I like to go with Gallon and this this Arizona team. Yeah, I'm I'm on Arizona bats as well. I love the, that you pointed out the lefties as well. Don't don't leave them out. Um Colorado bullpen, nothing to really be afraid of. They have been a little bit better this year than we've been accustomed to. Um but still middle of the pack bullpen. Freeland doesn't strike anybody out. Um love the Corbin Carroll call. Um, Paven Smith is starting to hit a little bit. If he's in the lineup, lefty, lefty. Um, I feel like he might be one of the first guys they sit though. So he may not even be in the lineup. Um, Moreno, the catcher, love him as a a cheap option there. Um, he's, he's going to be a great pivot away from Alvarez for the Mets who we talked about and loved, um, both catchers in that low three K range. Um, Christian Walker is one of my favorite hitters on the entire slate. Kettle Marte is right, right up there at a weak second base position. Love the way Arizona sets up against Freeland. They they will be one of my higher own stacks as well. Moving on, two games left here. Um, we've got the Pittsburgh Pirates against the San Francisco Giants. Um, 
No total in this game. I think it's because um, San Francisco has an opener situation, so we're not exactly sure who's throwing baseballs for San Francisco today. We've got Johan Oviedo on the Pittsburgh side. Um, let's go. Um, I, I I didn't have a chance to look into who might be the bulk reliever. I'm, they've used um, Manaya in that role. They've used Jake the, Junis the, in that role. The bat has the bat has but Manaya, but okay. that I mean, who knows. Right. I mean, that that could end up being, you know, we, we might not know that until, you know, later on on Tuesday. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's it's hard for us to be able to assess that right now. I think I think really, though, um, you know, it's it's not really a situation that we need to, to worry about. Um, Manaya is he's fifty nine hundred. So if we if we can really get solid word that he is going to throw, you know, 75 pitches, 70 pitches. I think that's okay. He's better than a lot of the really, really cheap guys that we've discussed, but we're only speculating right now. So take that with a grain of salt. Alex Wood, wasn't he used as a bulk reliever his last time out, or did he start that game against Milwaukee? Um, He's 7,200 though. I don't think he's in play, but Manaya would be somewhat interesting, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Junis's price is eighty five hundred. I would have no interest in that. No, um, no way you could do Junis. Yeah, so I, we'll, I'm sure we'll get some sort of word on who we expect it to be. Um, check, keep an eye on the the RG lineups page. We usually add a bulk reliever if we have confirmation of who it's going to be. Um, so that that'd be a good place to, to find it. Um, probably will be tweeted out as well from from the RG account if if we do have any concrete information. Um, just to to pay attention to. Tough situation to break down right now, though. So um, we'll just go, kind of skip over that. Any interest on, in the Pittsburgh pitcher Oviedo? No, no. I agree with you. On a different slate, I might be able to talk myself into it, just because San Francisco strikes out a little bit. But okay. um, with Bayo at seven K, we've talked about a few other pitchers right in that seven K range. I, I'm going to find a way up to those guys if I need to pivot. Probably not going down to Oviedo. Um, how about? Pittsburgh hitters here. Uh, let's go ahead and assume that it's Manaya just for the purposes of breaking this down. Um, any interest in Pittsburgh bats? I think the slate's too big. I, I know Manaya could be a little bit inconsistent to say the least, but, uh, you know, it's not really Reynolds. Reynolds is very expensive. McCutcheon is, I think, too expensive. Brian Hayes. I mean, Pittsburgh, I, I, I think I'd pass on it's, it's really the San Francisco bats that I that I really like because because of, of their prices. But Pittsburgh, I think I'm I'm good. Yeah, I I agree with you. Pittsburgh's pricing is just kind of tough. Um, and then with the with the bullpen situation, that always makes it difficult as well because you have to deal with matchups and things like that. So I agree. I don't think I I'll be messing with Pittsburgh today. Um, tell me what you like here on on the San Francisco side against Oviedo. Yeah, so like Lamont Wade is 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 three k. Uh, Conforto's thirty eight hundred. Yaz is thirty seven hundred. I I love all those all those lefties. Um, I think they're priced really really affordably. Mitch Haniger's twenty eight hundred. Um, I think we saw Estrada go in the IL. So I think that um, Br uh, has been replacing him. He's twenty six hundred. 
Um, you know, JD Davis for four thousand. Uh, this this team just seems too cheap in a spot that they can really uh, go after. You know, not a horrible pitcher, but definitely exploitable pitcher. So I think they're another one of these teams where you could you could go like Gallon Gilbert and get and get you know five you know full stacks of of, of a very talented team. Yeah, I, I like this angle. Um, I I have some respect for Oviedo as a pitcher. Like he, he's not a gas can by any means. He's a below average strikeout pitcher. He's a below, he walks too many guys as well. So he is certainly beatable. Um, and then you add in the pricing on San Francisco here, and I I can definitely be talked into some exposure. Um, love the call on the lefties. It's Yaz and Conforto, Wade, um, Casey Schmidt is a guy who has just come up and not stopped hitting yeah. and kind of played his way into a, an everyday role. So I, I like him at 3,200. Sable, if he's in there. I was just going to say, don't forget about Blake Sable too. You yep. know, he's, he's, re- he's really cheap. He's shown some pop. So I think this this team is just very very stackable. Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you, and we we've talked about it a couple of times. Guys with walk issues can put traffic on the bases, uh, and you can start running up some some fantasy points in a hurry. So really like this spot for San Francisco. Um, all right, final game of the night here we have uh, the Washington Nationals taking on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers favored by favored at minus three thirty. Jake Irvin going for the Nats. Uh, Tony Gonsolin going for the Dodgers, a nine-run total in this game. Um, Jake Irvin, a matchup against the Dodgers, another one of these cheap pitchers. Uh, any interest <laughs> here in Jake Irvin? No. Uh, bad. This is just a really, really bad slate to, you know, go try to try to punt pitcher against the Dodgers. I just don't see that ending, ending well. Um, I think there's better ways to construct your team. So I, I, I'm I'm gonna pass. I just had to go count because I don't think I've ever seen a slate like this. There are ten pitchers right. under seven K right. on this slate, which is just yeah. insane. Um, yep. There's gonna be more upside in that mid range. I agree. I like you don't need to go down this low, um, especially not against the Dodgers. I, I would I would even punt with other guys ahead of Irvin. Um, Tony Gonsolin at eight K um, against. Uh, Low strikeout, low power Nationals team. How are we feeling about him? Wrong slate for a guy that I don't think has much of a leash for his price. You know, like he's kind of like a pitcher that throws around like 85 pitches. Um, I think that they're, you really got to hunt for a ceiling on the slate. Washington doesn't really strike out. This is a great run prevention spot for him. He'll probably, you know, throw quite a few clean innings, but I don't think he has much of a ceiling at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you that the pitch count, just not a long enough leash. The low strikeouts of, of Washington, they're not a good offense by any means, but they, they don't strike out very much either. Um, Gonsolin's strikeout rate has come down each of the last three seasons. Uh, obviously, he's working his way back from an injury. He's down below 20% this season. I think his true ability is more in like the 24% range, right around league average, um, but maybe not in this one against Washington. Um, I, I think he's a pretty safe pitcher, um, but I, I just I'm with you. I don't see the ceiling, so I just um, I would just rather find the extra money for a guy like Elder, like if I'm looking for safety, and then if I'm looking for like a ceiling, I think Kikuchi has a better ceiling. Yep, I agree with you there. 
All right, so uh, skipping Gallon or uh, Gonsolin today. Nobody's skipping Gallon. Um, yeah, nobody's skipping Gallon. Skipping Gonsolin. Um, are you playing any Washington bats against him? No Washington bats. No. Agree with you. They're cheap. Um, so maybe you could talk me into a mini stack. But Gonsolin is a pretty good pitcher. Um, but he's not going to go deep. Um, a good Dodgers bullpen behind him as well. So no Washington bats for me either. Um, how about Dodgers on the other side here against Jake Irvin? I always love the Dodgers. Uh, the problem is that they're pretty expensive, so you got to find you can't you can't double pay up at pitching. You have to find a couple of mid range pitchers or or one expensive, one cheap pitcher that you're comfortable with in order to stack stack the Dodgers. But listen, it's the Dodgers. They're an amazing team. If you're if you're an MMA player, you should probably make a rule to always have a Dodger stat because they have a massive ceiling day in, day out. Yeah. Huge, huge upside, um, especially against a low strikeout pitcher. Irvin's I think been okay, but he, like he has a walk he's problem. A, walk he's rate's got a huge, <laughs> huge walk problem, but he's got a decent K rate for a guy who's 5,300. But man, if he can't, if he's going to be walking this, this Dodgers team, it's going to be a, a rough outing for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, bad, bad Washington bullpen behind him as well. So all kinds of upside for the Dodgers. Certainly one of the better stacks on the entire slate. I think you want to want to find a way to to spend up, um, which is where some of those cheap secondary stacks come in. It's where the guys like Brian Bayo come in as well. There's certainly plenty of options um, to be able to pay up for a guy like Gallon um, and still stack a few Dodgers. Um, definitely something that I will be doing. Um, all right. We made it through 13 games. It was, it was a long one. Uh, do you want to go ahead and play the morning grind game here real quick before we get on out of here? Yeah. You gotta have to remind me the rules. All right. I can do that. Um, so first question here is going to be a pitcher under AK, uh, for six strikeouts or more. Well, I'm going to steal yours, but I'm going to go Bayo. <laughs> Yeah, he he is the the very clear and obvious answer here under AK. Um, I think I'm going to go Belak. Um, Minnesota has struck out a fair amount. I don't think it's likely that he gets six Ks, but I think that there's a chance that he could get six Ks in the matchup. Um, like I said, I, I have respect for Minnesota as an offense, uh, but they have they do have some strikeouts in that lineup. Next question here: Eight uh, pitcher over eight K to score less than fifteen DK points. Uh, I'm gonna go Cortez. I love it. <laughs> That's who I was gonna say too. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Seattle's a solid offense. Cortez has not; he's been right around league average with his strikeouts. So, I like if he gives up a couple of runs, he might struggle to get to fifteen. Love that call. Um, I think the other really risky guy up in this range is is Kodai Senga. Like we said, we love his strikeout mm-hmm. upside, but he's yeah. going to walk some guys. And Philly has a bunch of power that that they could get to him. So I'll I'll go Senga on this one. Um, who you like to hit a home run today over four K salary over over four K to hit over four K to hit a home run? Yep. All right. Uh, oh, uh, Guriel Jr. Love that call. Um, Arizona, one of my favorite stacks as well. Um, give me Austin Riley against the left DJP Sears. And if he can't get it done against Sears, you know he's got a couple of bats against that bullpen also. All right. Under 4K 
to get two hits. Uh, oh, uh, Alvarez for the Mets. Love that call. Man, this, this, this kid's just been hitting like crazy. Um, took him a yeah. while to get going once he came up, but Francisco Alvarez fills the catcher position. Yep. Absolutely love that call. I thought for sure you were going with your guy. You mentioned him. It was a great call. Minimum price. Royce Lewis. Great, great prospect for the twins. Um, certainly don't mind, mind his matchup today against Belak either. So give me Royce Lewis to get it done again. Um, and final question, give me a stack to score six or more runs. I'm going to go the giants. I love that call off the board. Um, great call pricing is going to help you make things work today. So love that call with the giants. Um, I am, I'm going to go a little bit chalky. I just love this spot for Arizona. Um, they're, they're an underrated offense. I'm not sure they pick up quite as much ownership as, as they should today. Um, so Arizona is going to be my favorite stack of the day. All right, Tim, you got anything else for, for the people before we get out of here? It's a nice, nice long one. We appreciate everybody sticking with us. Um, 13 games, nice big slate. So. Yeah, thanks, Keith. Uh, you know, always a good time to have do a show with you. And thanks, everyone, for listening. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Again, Stevie will be back tomorrow. Um, I'm not sure who is on with him. I believe I have the, the night off from the morning grind. You don't happen to be on tomorrow, do you, Tim? I'm not on, though. All right. So Stevie will be back. He will have a new guest for you guys to, to help you break down Wednesday's baseball slate. But we appreciate everybody listening. Have a great day.